This week's episode is sponsored by Helio Gas Detection and Rising Suns, the award-winning brewery in Cork. Hey everybody, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Dave and Podge of Fraught to the show. How are we, lads? All good. Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Thanks for joining me on this, I suppose it's windswept Irish night. We we survived the worst of it. We weren't swept away or anything like that, were we? Uh, we had a, a, a nice trip home from Cavan there on, on Sunday afternoon, put it that way. So. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Experienced the worst of it head on. Shit, fuck. You stayed up then, like, yeah? Yeah, we stayed up, came back Sunday afternoon. Um, mm. Well, Sunday evening. Uh, so drove through it at about half five and it was just getting to the peak. Yeah, fallen trees and stuff like that around, no? And yeah, there's a few of them out by out my way. Uh, five or six of them on, on the way home. So, yeah, seemed to hit yes. pretty bad. Yeah, had to dodge a couple of bins on the way back. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So that was kind of the culmination of two two launch gigs, really, for you, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the second of the two. Um, so we had a mm. Dublin one there the week before, um, and then and we had the Cabin one. Cabin and one Fibbers. Yeah. And we'll start at the Fibbers one, might as well. Ten quid in to see yourselves, Saint Slaughter and Rome Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, we'd Moloch on the bill as well, but unfortunately they, they had to pull out due to an injury in the band. So <laughs> uh, that happened okay. during the week before. So we we okay. uh, we tried but couldn't get a replacement at short notice. So we just went ahead with the three. Yeah, what a lineup though still. Jesus Christ. That's that's serious, like. Yeah, it was good. It was a good night. Good way to to get into the spirit of gigging and get the, the album launched, you know. Yeah. And um, what was the attendance like? Decent enough? It's very good, yeah. It was very, very good. There was the uh the metal to the masses um thing was on upstairs, so we thought it might be a bit affected by that, but I don't think it had too much of a an ah, impact on what we were doing. Jesus Christ, that was nuts then. So metal to the masses and your gig were on at the same time in fibbers. Yeah, yeah, and both had pretty healthy attendance, which was great. Yeah, that's class. Like, see, there are a feast or famine with gigs around here at the moment. I swear to God, like, that's it. Yeah, I think the bands that were in the the metal to the masses were probably a bit different now to what, what oh, we were definitely. doing. So I don't 100%. think there was too much of a, a crossover. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you played with Rome Kingdom? Actually, um, I'm not sure if they played the Siege that we played a while back. Oh yes, um, they did actually. I think they might have been on that lineup. If not, then it was a good few few years no, ago. I, before I think you're spot on, Dave. Because you finished out, you were upstairs as well, were you? Yeah, we finished out that stage. Um, and Rome were on at around six, I'm guessing, half five, six o'clock that day. Your memory's better than mine. <laughs> well, yours is definitely fucked. <laughs> you know, since we're on about them, I have the vinyl there. Very good. Brilliant album. It's, it is outstanding, yeah. I mean, yeah, that came out earlier on in the year and we'll talk about where you were at that stage in relation to your album, Transfixed on the Dying Light, which, again, the two of them blew my mind. It, they literally did now, lad. So, I mean, congratulations on a fucking amazing release. Thanks very much. Are you pals in both bands there? What did it feel like seeing the Rome Kingdom one come out first? Yeah, no, like they were kind of part of the inspiration for, I guess, reaching out to Argonauta. I was talking to to Dave about his experience with them prior okay. to us sending on um, the album. And he said they were great to work with. So I said I'd, I'd send it on and see what they said. And luckily they came back and they were delighted to work with us. Um, nice. So it all kind of fell together nicely. It took a while yeah. to get the album out, but, um, you know, everything else kind of fell together quite nicely. 
Okay, okay, because you were sitting on it for a while then, Dave, we? Yeah, we recorded it September 22, um, and then we spent a while just kind of getting the mix and master ready and then sent it off to to the labels, etc., and, you know, just mm-hmm. waiting to get artwork and everything sorted out. Um, yeah. And then obviously had to fit into the, the label schedule, so uh, okay. it took a while to, to get it out, but as I said, it was relatively pain-free. Well, that's, that counts for a lot, man. And are you more or less in charge of that side of things with the band? Yeah, like I think I do kind of all the, the admin stuff, for want of a okay. better word, um, behind the scenes. But when it comes to art and everything, we'd all have a, an equal hand. Uh, we yeah. tend to try and keep as much of that to ourselves as possible and, and do as much as we can. So mm. and it helps with the overall, you know, team and people are in the project, you know, know kind of what we're aiming for. So it's easier than yeah. trying to explain it to someone external. Yes, exactly. And the, the cool thing, uh, and I'm, I'm delighted to say that it's only the last was it week or so that you announced that the vinyl is actually ready and people can buy it. Yeah, so we had a couple of delays getting the, the physical copies. Um, it was actually supposed to, well, the, the digital release came out as planned on the 24th of November, but there was a delay with the pressing plant, so it got pushed back originally to, I think, sometime in December. Um, okay. And then again, I think the whole holiday period kind of impacted it again so uh they shipped to us i think on the 8th of january there or thereabouts so yeah uh, so you have physical copies i'm sitting with a, a load of them there behind me <laughs> okay yeah so i bought the crawlings on vinyl and i bought uh, uh dowen's album on vinyl as well and both of them came fucking bent in the post oh jeez. yeah yeah, postman and, shoving it through the letterbox probably it just got <laughs> fucking mangled but i mean they still play okay but then Rome Kingdoms one arrived and that was actually fine. It's something, you know, as, as a record collector, I'd rather actually buy it in person off ye at a gig. Yeah, you'll know that exactly. It's, it's going to be untarnished, basically, like, you know. Yeah. If you're buying a vinyl off ye, are you personally sending it or is it coming from another... No, we'll have our own our own copies. We'll, we'll put them up on Bandcamp shortly. We just wanted to... to give and you'll be sending them out, Dave, is it? Yeah, we will be. Okay, yeah. okay. Will, yeah. Well, maybe that's fucking half the problem. Because, yeah, because I don't know. They, I think one of them came from the UK. All right, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, well, you can order them either through the label um, at the moment, or else we'll have them up on Bandcamp in the next couple of days. So we just yeah. wanted to get the the gigs it's, out of the way and give people a chance to buy them off us at the yes, shows. Exactly. It's brilliant that you have um, a physical release and especially vinyl you know even back when i probably interviewed you i was just going fuck's sake everybody's jumping on the bandwagon for vinyl but now i've been just worn out i'm purchasing now again like fuck's sake like yeah. even though i do have a record player though but i mean well for us but, it was all about just getting the art and course, everything done in, yes. in a big format you know whereas i think with cds now it's it's just nearly a a, a waste of money really um they don't they don't sell like they used to you know yeah um, they don't sell like they used to yeah this people of a certain age upwards are are buying the cds but look cd versus a vinyl on a, on a merch table you're going to always go for vinyl I, i'd imagine the yeah. people that are into your band anyway and bands of that ilk you did try and sell a few cassettes as well weren't it with the splitting tongues yeah the cassettes sold out actually quite quickly we were surprised at how quickly they went so maybe that's that the way with forward, Dave? is it in cork Fomorian? Yeah, yeah. Back when when it was for Maureen, um, we did the the tape release through him, and then we did the CD through Curse Monk. Yes. Um, so we split the release, you know, depending yeah. on what format it was on. Good uh, pun there, splitting tongues, split the release. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So <laughs> let's talk about splitting tongues, um, because the last time 
I interviewed you, Dave, was June 2020, man. Can you believe yeah. that? Like, the last couple of years ago. have been a blur. Yeah, they have been. They really have. And it's only now the fruition of all your hard labor and other bands' hard labor through COVID and stuff. Like you saw the competition for the best album in 2023 and EP and stuff. It's fucking insane at the moment in the Irish scene what, what quality is coming out like. Yeah, I think people kind of had so much material they were sitting on waiting to release it. You know, they it was Absolutely. like a, a backlog of of albums and and releases coming out. I think yeah, for so us, we we deliberately kept it going to to not have that problem. We said we'd release Splitting Tongues despite the the whole COVID uh, situation. Just get it out there, let people hear it. You know. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that. So maybe Corrick, he recorded that live, as far as I can remember. Did he? It's yeah, we did. We recorded live with the drums and then uh, the guys opened up, then the guitars on top of it. Okay. And well, the, the, whole, the whole thing was, was done was done live. The guitar tracks were taken live as well. We yeah. just reamped them afterwards, but the, the performance was all live. Yeah. And, you know, having gone through that experience as a band leading up to the recording of um, Transfix and the Dying Light, was there much of a discussion in relation to where you'd record it i mean you obviously went with shawnee in the end you know which was a fucking amazing decision but uh um, yeah having, well shawnee's has a great track record for great releases yeah. you know yeah. so uh natural progression to go in towards it himself like you know mm. yeah i think we knew all along throughout the writing process that that's who we wanted to get to do it and yeah. you know it's just then finding the right time um where both he was available and we were available and ready to go and getting the studios lined up etc so yeah. And um, Ivan Jackson did your recording for Splitting Tongues in, um, was it Hellfire Studios, was it? Yeah, we did that up in Hellfire, yeah. yeah. Okay. Did Sarah, did she do the art for the latest one as well? Yeah, that was a painting Ooh. that she she did. Um, and we just felt it really kind of, you know, fit in with the kind of theme that we were going for with the, the colour scheme and everything like that. So it was, yeah, uh, again, trying to, to keep it close to the, to the band. Yeah, Black Fever art um, for anybody that's wondering where she's based. Is she the only one involved in that? Yeah. As far as I'm aware, yeah. It's kind of her, okay. her page for all her different artworks and, okay. and things like that. Okay. Saying goodbye then to Course Monk Records. It was just a, a deal over just the EP, was it? And Yeah, to be honest, like we would have been been happy to work with uh, with Raj again. The the Argonauta choice was more just to try and reach a new new audience yes. outside of the country and push it a yep. little bit further. Um. So it was kind of just a natural step, I guess, to, yes. to go with something a little bit, a little bit bigger and a little bit outside. Um, I think at the time when I'd spoken to Raj about it, he was happy to kind of support that decision. And, you know, especially we wanted to do a full vinyl release. And I don't know if things were lining up for him to do a vinyl at the time. So, yeah, yeah. You only have to look at Argonaut's uh, roster as well. Like, Jesus, <laughs> you're in among some brilliant bands there. And as you said, it'll get to a wider audience. Um, so it was a kind of a no brainer, really, then. Yeah, even in terms of like, you know, getting it reviewed and getting coverage and, you know, kind of press releases and the run up to it, it was just a much, much bigger reach, you know, um, and ultimately like we want to take it, take it a step further, I guess, with this release. So that was kind of the, the reason for that choice. But as I said, I would have been happy to to work with Raj again. He was great to work yeah. with on, on Splitting Tongues. So, yeah, he's a vital cog in the Irish metal scene um, for plenty of bands. And um, it's great to give him a shout out there. When the actual release came out, Transfix on the Dying Light, how much did you take on board in relation to the amount of reviews that were coming in? Like, I mean, as a band, 
you were so close to it for so long. Was it nice to read some reviews and just go, fuck it? Yeah, sweet. Some people are getting this. Yeah, um, I suppose I tend to not read too many of them. I tend to just like to get the album out and, you know, mm. leave it at that, revisit it maybe a while later. Because as you said, we it was sitting with us for so long, the songs kind of felt old. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we'd had it recorded kind of over a, a year at the point of it actually coming out. So, um, but yeah, no, it was nice. It seemed to be received quite well. And, you know, we were happy mm. with that, but um, tend to not kind of focus too much on them and just kind of keep the head down, get focused on writing the next one. Okay. Would you go along with that, Pod? You, you don't get caught up in all the social media side of things? Yeah, no, no. Like, uh, things are like assholes. Fuck the whole lot of them, you know, that kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, it's, as long as as long as long the crowd that goes to gigs and they, and they look like they're enjoying it, you know what I mean? Because uh, everyone has their own opinion. So reviews, you, you wouldn't really want to take it to heart too much. But again, you, you don't want people shitting all over your work either. But... Uh, it's um, it's always good to just uh have just go by your own instincts as opposed yeah. to reviewers, like you know. Yeah, yeah. So the tracks themselves, from what I can pick up on it anyway, it's, I suppose, it is a fairly dark album, absolutely. But there's a lot of, I suppose, struggles and frustrations in the world as it is. And was that your take on it, or was it just just the sheer frustration of when you were writing it? through COVID, did that have an impact as well on maybe just the teams of it, we'll say? Um, yeah, I'd say it, it probably did to some subconscious level. Um, subconsciously, I mean, I guess, yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the themes we kind of had in mind anyway. Um, and, you know, it would have kind of been probably more personal themes than global issues. But I'd say it definitely did uh, did have an impact, um, you know, musically, probably not as much, but perhaps in the lyrics, you know, some of it might have might have had an impact there. Yeah. Let's talk about band members. You lost Garod at some stage along the way. Shout out yeah. to Garod. Yeah, he he moved over to the States last year um, just with work. He got a, an offer to move over, so he wanted to pursue that, and we supported that decision. So we, we tried out a couple of other people, but ultimately none of it worked out, so we decided we'd just continue on then as a, a four-piece Um and particularly with the album kind of being recorded and ready to go, we didn't want to impact any of that. So we just said, look, it's better to just get the heads down, practice as the four piece and then just keep going. Yeah. And like Garrod was involved in, in the songwriting and all that of the album. Yeah. Writing, recording, everything he was involved, you know, even with the artwork and everything, he helped out a lot with that. So um, it was just, as I said, the the career choice with work was, was ultimately what he went for. And we supported that. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. When... Fraught her in a, a rehearsal space, even we, we again, like sure, we're talking about the album songwriting wise, you all bring your ideas into it and do you jam it out or what kind of way do you usually, yeah, they will come up with the riffs and uh, then we'll, we'll just I'll put my drums towards them, Andy will put his bass towards them, um, and Mark will fit his focus in on top as well. But okay. then we, if we have if we have ideas, you know, like we'll, we'll throw in a, an idea here or there about structure or um, riff ideas or something like that, you know. But it's for it's, you know it's usually organic, like you know it's not it's not too pre planned, like. Yeah, there's very little improvisation. More so, are you kind of following a set team in relation to musically wise? Because a lot of the time, I found and in this album, which I loved, was that the predictability of certain riffs go out the window. 
there's a lot of twists and turns in it and I and I just love that and it seems improvised but obviously it's not but again is that a conscious decision by the band not to go down the road of predictability in relation to <laughs> riffs and stuff I think it's just what happens when people with different music tastes come together um okay. we all have kind of a common a common taste in you know extreme music but everyone's favorite artist is is probably miles different from the next. So it's just okay. bringing all them into the melting pot and seeing what comes out the other side. Um, I guess the one thing we probably all agreed when we started this band is to not have boundaries on what we were going to do. Uh, okay, yeah. Do this for ourselves. And and if we're happy with the, the output, then that's what matters, whether it's death metal, black metal, sludge, you know. So that's the common ground really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's oh, just be... about making music that we enjoy, you know. I mean, yeah. labels and things kind of annoys me more than anything else because people tend to, you know, get turned off a band because you you label them as something, you know, and, and then you, you end up people don't even listen to it because they don't, they say they don't like, for example, death metal. Someone's labeling as a death metal band. They go, I'm not checking them out. So yeah. first, just stay away from all of that. Listen to it if you like it. Great. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, certainly is the case with G. I love that about you, even expanded sounds that I think most metal fans will take bits and pieces out of it and enjoy it and then get sucked into the rest of it, you know. So to explain what I'm trying to uh, talk about, I'm going to play Increments of Humiliation. This is um, a section of it that I particularly admire and yeah, you'll see why I picked it out. Okay, here we go.
Jesus, that is just fantastic. Just so much going on with that. Mind is blown. Where do you even start writing something like this? Um, can you just maybe talk about that song in particular, Dave? Yeah, I think that was one of the last songs that actually came together um, okay. for the album. So we just kind of, a lot of that was actually written between myself and, and Garoud. Um, and pretty much just normally what I do is sit at a computer, record some riffs, do a rough kind of arrangement. I think with that one, we just kind of jammed out and traded riffs back and forth and, you know, eventually put it all together into something that that made some sort of sense, then brought it into the rehearsal space. And then it was torn apart again and brought back together until yeah. it was in a its final form. Yeah. Porrick, the whole way through the album, the drumming is off the scale, man. Congratulations. Fucking hell. Cheers, man. Thanks. Unbelievable. Working with Shawnee Cads, did he bring out the best in you? Uh, yeah, well, he was very easy. Like, it's so easy to work with, you know. Uh, he basically just lets you do your own thing and uh, he, he just basically do multiple takes uh, or just one single take. Once you nail it, like, he's happy enough with it, you know. But, uh, okay. yeah, no, he, he, he was great. Like, yeah, yeah. And how yeah, same much? With, same with Ivan. Same with Ivan for splitting tongues as well. Like you know, yeah. it's the, the, like I've, I've I've recorded with some engineers and they're really, really, really particular and they're very like you know, this was more of a natural feel. Like you know, so it's kind of like warts and all kind of thing. Like you know, yeah, there is that vibe off it, isn't there, Dave? I think yeah. Like the ultimate thing was that Johnny knew what we were going for and you know knew what we wanted straight away. We. When we actually reached out to him, we told him to come in, listen to a rehearsal so he could kind of get a sense of the songs. And I think okay. straight away then he knew he knew exactly what we were going for. So it was just about capturing the best version of that. So I think for all of us, he brought out the best, best in us. Yeah, which is what you want, really. Even the dual vocals going back and forth there, it's fucking nuts. Did the lads work hard on that, do you think? In yeah, relation like, to lyrical-wise, even tone-wise, you know? Yeah, I think they they all kind of sat in a room and, and figured out what parts would suit, you know, yeah. each voice. And then for some parts we knew for, for greater impact to have both people doing it. It's nice in that Mark has such a wide range, you know, yeah. of, of styles and, and sounds that he can he can pull out. And I think with Andy, it's a bit more of a low kind of roar, which tends to suit when you're trying to lift up. Very sludge like. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lovely yeah. contrast right throughout the album. And again, I, I think that keeps it fresh. Yeah, and that was the thing as well with, with Johnny. He he knew when to suggest to to do something we hadn't thought of before. So some of those sections, you know, they were originally maybe planned for one vocal, you know, and, and he was saying, well, why don't we layer a few different ones and, you know, blend it and, and mix them in depending on sections, which is ultimately what we did. So, you know, it was great to have suggestions outside of just the, the five of us at the time doing it. Yeah. How long did you spend in the studios for this? Um, I think it was about seven or eight days in total over a number of weekends, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And I think we did kind of one one mixing session all together um, just to put the final kind of finishing touches on some of the sections. And then we, uh, we kind of did the final mixes and masters remotely. Okay. You're on about now before the interview started that you're you're concentrating on a new release. So how many songs have you even prepared for this? Um, I think we're probably about two or three songs into it. Okay. Uh, we have a couple of songs, you know, 
maybe about a year ago that we ultimately felt weren't really up to scratch. So we sort of, you know, canned those, but I think we've about two or three in the works uh, mm. at the moment. Right. Okay. As you said, there's seven on the album and there's a bonus track as well. I think it's Prey, isn't it? Yeah. That's actually cool. If you head over to Bandcamp, you'll get the free bonus track with it. It doesn't surprise me that you have that capability and it's enjoyable. Is there something there that a little seed in, in fraught that could go down that route, maybe? Absolutely. It's one of the, the areas that we want to kind of do more of. Um, yeah. We've always kind of had an element of noise in our sound, I guess. Um, mm. Like if you come and see the live show, there's samples that we play throughout that. That's all written by us. Um, okay. So the intent is to maybe do a bit more of that. And again, it's all about kind of adding to the atmosphere and it adding does. to the, yes. the vibe of what we're trying to do. We're not one of these bands that likes to stand there and thank everybody during a show. And this song was written about my, you know, granny's dog or something like that. It's, yeah. you know, we want to keep an atmosphere going and that that helps. And again, it's back to the point. We want to keep it all in-house, do as much of it as, as we can yeah. ourselves. So. It's that kind of post-metal vibe that's embraced where yeah. it, it is about building atmosphere and soundscapes in between songs you know and yeah i really enjoy that witchy that's one of the other kind of common areas we all have in music is we all like that you know kind of atmospheric post-rocky side of things as well you know things are only intense when you juxtapose them against something that's lighter or a bit more yes. ambient you know so yeah podge as a drummer do you find that frustrating sometimes We'd say even the title track, Transfixed on the Dying Light. Did you have to approach that from a different angle, you know? No, like, uh, see, I like loads of styles. I love doom, mm. I love cross, punk, sludge, death. You know, I listen to loads of different styles of metal. So, like, uh, with, with that Transfixed Dying Light was kind of, um, I, I, like, I love Wreck of the Hesperus. And uh, okay. I think the drum and that radios and that is, is phenomenal like so i was kind of leaning like that so I, I was glad to jump into something like that as well you know okay. i love to play fast love to play slow it's there's no kind of particular tempo or like like you know if it's mm. if it's heavy and you know oh, yeah. ass, like you know all, all, all the best like you know yeah yeah, so, yeah. yeah. and no and no any style at all the, the boys approach like you know uh i'm happy to attempt at it like you know so like when you're listening to increments it's super fast, so you have to. It's 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 you have to really focus on being able to play super fast, but then also play slow tempos as well. So it's it's a lot of work to do, but uh, it's worth it in the end, you know. Yes, absolutely. And out of the seven tracks, lads, which which is your favorite one? Uh, Transfix is my favorite one. Okay, yeah, and playing it live. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just you zone out in it. You know, it's one of them tracks where you kind of just you lose yourself a bit, like Dave. Yeah, that'd be up there um, in terms of favourites. I don't know if I'd pick one out of the seven. I kind of like them all for different mm. reasons, I guess. Okay. Um, the, the two shows we just played were probably the, the first two times we played Transfix Live. Um, oh, it seems cool. to go down well. It seems to be a, a good way to end the set. You know, it kind of brings everybody back down yeah. from, the, from the intensity, you know. What about The Hunt as a single as well? There's so much going on in that track. It gives you a nice flavor of what to expect out of the album would that be fair enough yeah so, that's why we chose it ultimately yeah. to the video for it um we wanted to kind of show off all the different sides in one go and mm. i think that kind of you know does it quite well it has some of that kind of ambient sound uh at the start and then you know has your your intense sections throughout the middle of it and then kind of comes back down at the end so and are you playing that written 
Go on, sorry. Pat. We had that written during we had that written during the Split and Tongue, so that was one of our very first songs for the album, you know. Okay, okay. And yeah, I think we actually debated putting it on Split and Tongues, but I think we we said we'd keep it then for the album. Okay, yeah, it's a great opener. Yeah, it was a good call. Are you playing all the album from start to finish for those launches, were you? Yeah, everything, yeah. including Prey, even got played um, okay. at the, the two launches, yeah. And was there one song in particular that surprised you live? Um, Sublimated is probably an interesting one because it's a little bit different again to, you know, some of the yeah. other stuff. It's it's much more in that post-metal kind of style. Yeah. Um, and again, when you're playing, you know, an hour and 20 minutes of quite fast, intense stuff, it's difficult to know how something like that will go down. But I think where we place it in the set gave people a nice breather to you yes. know, kind of gather their thoughts um, yeah. before. With an album like that, it's actually interesting how you would pace it, you know, for a live set. Yeah, it was hard to decide on a, a final track list for the album because mm-hmm. um, ultimately, like, we wanted to find something that flowed quite well. But obviously, when there's so many different twists and turns, yes. it's quite can be a challenge to uh to line them up in such a way that makes sense but i think we got there i think no i think you did it yeah is, it flows quite well it does yeah yeah porix drumming is fucking driving on a lot of it there man it, even eternal hell cracks album porix there with the drumming on that is fucking phenomenal as well yeah i know Dover quite well i was talking in cabin at the cabin gig and uh yeah yeah it's he's a good lad like very good drummer yeah yeah very, yeah, very good yeah. drummer yeah yeah I think they're recording a new album at the, the moment they are. as well. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, you're spot on. Okay, so I'm going to play the, the second track I chose out of the album. So any guesses? What one do you think I went for? I'll guess Crimson. Oh. <laughs> it, no, you you're a post head. I know sublimated yeah. stuff. He got it. Patch got it. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a fucking hard choice. But in the end, I went with sublimated. Yeah, you're spot on. Okay, we'll give this a listen. Fantastic, man. Dave, those riffs. Jesus. <laughs> that's what you get when you hear uh, Amon Ra for the first time and you decide <laughs> I want to make something that sounds like that. 
<laughs> I love that. Okay, so going forward now, 2024, can you believe it, lads? What have you got planned? Um, at the moment, I suppose we're we're just trying to push the album as far as we can. Um, okay. As I mentioned before, this interview, we've had a lot of changes. Garode left. Um, unfortunately, Mark has decided to step away um, for some some kind of personal reasons, uh, which which we support as well. So okay. we're just going to take some time, figure out what we want to do next. Um, obviously, we'll need to, to find a new vocalist. Um, and then it'll just be, as I said, continue on writing for the next release. Uh, we've okay. nothing kind of planned gig wise at the moment, which is is quite good timing, I guess, for some of those things. So just focus on keeping on writing, and then once things slot into place and we're back to to full strength, it'll be just continue on gigging and trying to to push this as much as we can. You know, particularly yes. overseas, uh, we had some plans to do that, which are obviously going to be uh, pushed back a little bit now with everything going on. But mm. hopefully by the end of the year, we'll we'll be in a position to get back to it and uh, try and get those plans in place. Yeah, do you know what? You had two great launches there now. And, you know, if you look, there's not much happening in January and February anyway and in the scene in general. So, like, it's it's what you'd be looking forward to is, you know, the summer festivals, you know, a siege or something like that further on. Yeah, with a bit of luck, that'll all get lined up, as I said, after yeah. the, the summertime, I think we'll be back to full strength, hopefully, and continue yeah. on from there. Yeah. Anything else there, lads, before we pack it up? No, just thanks for having us on. Thanks to everyone for checking out the album. If you haven't, you know, you can check it out Bandcamp, Spotify, wherever yes. you normally listen to it. And, you know, if you want to pick up a... It's there on vinyl. Yeah, we'll have them up for sale, hopefully now in the next couple of days. Um, So, yeah, if you want to get one from us, you know, you can do so from, from Bandcamp. Yeah, uh, it's, it's an incredible album, lads. Congratulations. And just for it to come out when it did, it was like everything lined up free and all you can do now is build on the shoulders of it, you know, and I wish you continued success with it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Cheers, Richard. Cheers, yeah. man. Thanks for having us on, anyway. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll see you further on down the line in a, in a live entity. And as you said yourself, Dave, you'd be back to full strength. Uh, shout out uh, to Garod uh, over in America. I hope he's watching this. And to Mark and uh, Andy as well. So you've been listening to Dave and Porik from Fraught. And as I said, check them out in Bandcamp. The vinyl is there. And keep an eye on their socials. And if there's anybody interested in taking up vocal duties with the lads, uh, I suppose contact you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Just reach out to the, the various different social channels. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks again, lads. And crucially, support your local metal scene.